the Sailors returned to winning ways after suffering a setback in their title charge. While Geylang snapped their winless run with an all-important three points against Tanjong Paga. Plus, Tampanis and Haugang will return to domestic action after flying the flag on the continental stage. Reviews, previews, rants and predictions, they're all coming your way on the SPL Podcast. Hi everyone, this is Raushan. And this is Farah. Farah, how are you? You got one prediction right over the past weekend and you've been jumping for joy ever since. You feeling okay? Feeling very good. Hey, hey, you must let me be okay. This doesn't happen very often. So when I get one prediction right, I'm just going to milk it till the very end as much as I can milk it until this week's prediction because, you know, considering my luck, it's never been great. But how about your predictions, Raushan? Well, I mean, predictions are 50-50 game. You win some, you lose some. I will. I don't celebrate the highs too much. Then I deal with the lows a bit better. And I know uh, last week's guest tried to take your correct prediction away from you. So you got rid of that brother and we've gone yeah. to the other brother this week. Kide Kamis, yeah. welcome back to the SPL Podcast. It's good to have you on again. How are you, Kide? I'm good. I think the last uh, weekend has been uh, raining goals as well, especially the, the latest game that was played. Few days back, uh, I mean, I think the fans enjoyed the weekend of football, especially at the start with the LCS playing against Alves. I think like that was a really, really good game, a good show of what SPL can produce. And uh, again, at the end of it, LCS bringing in the goals against Young Lions just to close off the whole series of matches. I'm glad you mentioned LCS because with that, we can get straight into our review for this week. Now, three points from two games for the league-leading Lion City Sailors, who started the week with a 2-1 loss to their closest challengers, Albrecht's Ligata. A Tanaka Thunderbolt clinching a vital win for the White Swans after Masaya Iditsu cancelled out Kim Chin Wook's opener. The Sailors, though, didn't spend long dwelling on that defeat, returning to winning ways with a 5-1 thumping of the Young Lions, courtesy of goals from Song Yong, Shadan Sulaiman, Hafiz Noor, Wookie and Maxim Lestian. So let's start with that game, which was really built as a must-win for Alberex. And of course, they won that one. We know it took a stupendous goal to settle the contest, but Kider, tactically, where did the Sailors lose this contest? Wow. Uh, I think... Mentally as well, something that, that, that sailors have, have to think about because they have never won against Alvarez before. So, uh, it, it has always been a draw, uh, a very tight draw or an Alvarez win. And even the, the game that was played last weekend, it didn't look like uh, LCS could have gotten a win by just how they were playing. Uh, somehow, the 4-4-2 of uh, Alvarez managed to to nullify and neutralize uh, LCS's attacks most of the time. And especially in midfield, when you play three midfield in, in, in LCS with Shadan, with uh, Diego and Song, and against in the middle of the park against two of them because they play 4 4 2, usually they will be outnumbered. But they managed to, to defend that well. And at the same time, uh, I mean, Kim was playing well when. If he played against Palestine, but against Albrecht, he was pretty much uh, outnumbered in that sense, and he was outpaced, he was out, out, out muscled in the in, in a way. And even uh, Maxim wasn't his on his 
uh, truly best. And at the same time, I think the 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 lack of flow and lack of uh, fluidity from LCS is also uh, a big factor in why they couldn't break down uh, Albrecht. And I think a lot of Albrecht's individual performances also were good in the sense where I think they turn out a big game and they know that they need to win uh, to keep the title race pretty much you know close for them to 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 for uh, along the along the season so uh, in that sense tactically i i couldn't find a, a pin, pinpoint exact uh, exact uh, tactical decisions that maybe kim kim dohun could have used to to penetrate albrecht a little bit better because i think they played how they usually play or they try to play how they usually play but it just couldn't happen against a very tight and compact uh, Albrecht side. And uh, I mean, Albrecht, he, they have individual quality uh, and tactically and collectively on that day, they were, they were on point. They, they knew what to do with Maxim, they knew what to do with Diego, and they didn't allow the, the, the second ball to be played out by Shadan to penetrate them. And this is key, especially when you look at how Shadan played good balls against uh, uh, Ballastium. So they, I think somehow they knew what Sharon could have done and they stopped that at that point of time. And you know, uh, most of the time, the possession was with Pedro, with uh, Harris, rather than inside their half, which inside, I mean, inside Albrecht's half, which could have hurt them. So I mean, kudos to, to Albrecht. They, tactically, they were good. And individually, they took their chances. And especially to, to win the match with a very, very good goal like that is worthy of three points. Well, in classic sailors' form, they of course got back to winning ways against the Young Lions. Now, Raushan, I mean, I think we all kind of expected it. I think there was no way we expect anything less than three points from the sailors on Wednesday. But I do want to talk about one certain part of the game. And I feel like not that it would have mattered much at the end of the day, but should Hafiz Noh's goal have stood? If you ask me, I think no. <laughs> I, I, I on the on the run of play, I think it should have been called back for a foul on the keeper. And you do see goalkeepers get more protection than outfield players, right? So it was surprising that uh, the referee didn't blow for a foul. Perhaps the referee thought he wouldn't come back to attack, right? He thought after Saifullah's shot was blocked away, the chance was over. But Hafiz Noah did what any LCS player should do: play to the whistle, and he got the goal. Uh, to your point, I don't think it mattered much to the result because either way, it was one of five goals that LCS scored on the day. But from a refereeing standpoint, I don't think it should have stood. Kide, what do you think? I personally felt that there wasn't enough contact to be called a foul because, you know, Kim is a huge guy. Right? So any point of time where the ball is going to be played to him against a goalkeeper, he will still be looking as if he's going to foul him. They found the goalkeeper, but I don't think there was enough there. But at the same time, uh, you know, you've seen a lot of uh, sportsmanship behavior, good sportsmanship behavior from you know all over the world. You know, you would expect somebody from the LCS side to just tell Afino, "Hey, stop! Just kick the ball out, and let's see what happens." Because the goal, the goalkeeper here was clearly seen on the floor. But at the same time, if you look at it in a different way, maybe they don't. Could have, I mean, I, I, I we don't know. I could have faint an injury just because he wanted to, to, the ball to be to be played out. You, know? you, you never know for this kind of thing. So where do you draw the line? And for me, as a professional, game has to go on because I didn't think that it was a foul. And like like you said, 
like what any profession would have done, just put the ball at the back of the net because there was no reason for you to stop. So there's no head injury. I don't think it was a head injury as well. So uh, I would think that the goal should have stood, but at the same time, it should be smarter. I mean, the young Lions players should be smarter because they know that their, their goalkeeper is down. They should have done defended better with whatever the situation was before his norm. On the on the point of the Young Lions, I feel it might be fitting for us to now speak about the Young Lions. They, of course, are on back-to-back losses. Ryo Taniguchi was the difference maker as the Young Lions started the week with a one-year loss to Balestia, their eighth defeat of the season. And that, of course, would turn out to be their ninth defeat after their loss to the Sailors, which we just touched on a little earlier. Now, judging by the game against Balestia, the Young Lions have no problem creating chances, right? But I always seem to be struggling to finish them. Well, losing the services of Ilhan and I guess now Jacob Mahler to, to, to a long-term injury, how much would it be for them to overcome this right now, Kedir? Well, it's tough. I think they are losing players a lot. They are losing their players to the under-19 squad. I think maybe, what, four or five of them are in the 19 squad at this point of time. Ryan Stewart, I, I don't know when he's going to Chiang Mai, but you know he's, he's going... I mean, he has already signed and and he hasn't featured since he came back from from the national national duties. Uh, Shah came back, but then again, you, that's not their issue. I think their issue is always up front and at the back, right? So, if you look at their bench as well, the last few games they don't really have enough to fill the whole bench. They have they put two goalkeepers on the bench, which is uh, a difficult situation for them. And I don't think, I mean, if, if there are any other changes along the way. They do, it doesn't look too good for them at this point of time. They don't look like they can, they can score, and they don't look like they can defend as well. And they don't like they don't look they don't have anybody on the bench to come in and and and, and uh, change stuff to either to score or to show up the defense. But then again, uh, against LCS, you, you 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 see Jordan coming in and provide something in attack. Uh, I mean, I personally feel that he's not a natural attacker. Uh, I feel that he's a natural, more natural uh, defender. But at the same time, he provides certain things that um, young lions need up front, which is presence, which is somebody who can hold on to the ball, so that the uh, the, the if, when when uh, lions uh, young lions loses the ball, at least you know they are in position to defend. And you can see a few chances that he created on his own yesterday from the the position that he was in, and. Wow, I, I really think that Nazri, I mean, you look at post-match and pre-match, uh, Nazri talking, you can see that he's not putting a lot of hopes of winning games. Right? And it's always about, oh, I've, I've uh, seen my boys trying their best. It's, it's, uh, you know, this is the situation they are in. And it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's something that they, they can't change because they don't really have players at this point of time. Right. So they have to make do. They have to to. I mean, they, they play good football sometimes. I mean, certain situations against Lion City Sailors the other day, I thought that maybe they could have scored a goal or two before yeah Lion uh, Lion City Sailors scored. But uh, it's something that they just have to make do with, and you know, hope that somehow by training by by design they can show up their defense better, find a formula which works for them not to concede, and then. Or find a way to score at, at, at the top. Roshan, I do want to ask though, because like to Kidder's point of how that you know the young lions do have glimpses at times of looking like they can put something right together, right? 
what do they have to do then to your point to uh, in your opinion finish their chances because they create yeah. a lot of chances i see yeah. joel chu pulling the strings in midfield and trying to set up his attackers but unfortunately they just lack the finesse up front but you can't make up for a player like ilhan ilhan is ilhan because he brings so much quality right and then to kidis point you miss someone like jacob mala at the back jordan yes he makes an impact up front is that his natural position no at least nazri is trying something different but again I don't think Nazri would be throwing Jordan on there if he had options. He doesn't have much options and it is what it is, right? Long uh, have we spoken about young Lions having uh, games in hand. They've had a very tiring year. They've taken part in various different competitions. It's been COVID-ridden. They got under-19 players going away from them. And yeah, I think the problems are just going to pile up and they're going to run out of these games in hands that they have eventually and then the table will tell the true tale that they are a developmental side. They cannot sign players. They are not going to sign players despite desperately needing players. So it is what it is. And I think at some point during this podcast or one of the final whistle podcasts, we talked about the wider issue of what's the point of the Young Lions if they are just there to make numbers. So at least they need to, I don't know, do something about the Young Lions project and make it more viable because as it stands, they are just the whipping boys of the league. Yeah, and as it stands... It does feel like they are in for a very, very, very long season. I mean, we're not even done with the second round here. So, with that said, let's move on to the last game of the week. Roshan, do you want to take that one? Sure, yep. I'll take up the last game of the week, which was Geelang International finally snapping an 11-game winless streak with a crucial 1-0 victory over high-flying Tanjong Paga. Clearly, Kide is very excited about that result. Vincent Bezakor with a, quite a spectacular goal after just five minutes. His second goal of the season and it proved to be enough as the Eagles held on to seal all three points. And I think just replicating Kide's celebrations would have been no Ali who, who, who needed that victory, right? We've gone at length about how difficult it's been for no Ali and co. So, Kide, I'll come to you right away. How did Gelang pull off this important victory? Oh, I think uh, finally, Noali tried something different, and uh, that that uh, that change in formation, that change in setup, and the way they play has always been the same. But now their setup is a bit different. So when you set up that way, maybe it maximizes certain strength and cover up certain weaknesses that has been apparent the last few games. And uh, I, I personally felt that the team played really well. I think. Uh, Credit to them, they played really well. And uh, of course, the problems of not converting their chances are still there. Uh, but then they were lucky that they played against a very, very awful and poor Tanjo Bhagat team the other day. Uh, I, think, I don't think a lot of players showed up on that particular day. And uh, it, just, it just so happens that Gilang was also wasteful in that sense. But then again, they didn't... Uh, have anything much to defend against for uh, against Tanjung Paga. So, uh, I mean, they played a different different formation. They, 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 I think Omar is, is a very important player in the team. Like all this while, it's always been Tezuka, Vincent Bezako and, and Huzaifa. And all three are very technical players. Uh, maybe up to a point where uh, it slows the game down for them in a way because they want to, they want to possess the ball. But at the same time, if the moment you put Omar into the equation, you have a lot of tenacity. You have a lot of uh, you know the Gattuso type of player, win ball. Uh, so and defensively is strong. 
So you add a different dimension to the team and you have Tezuka there already to create for you from deep, that, that Pirlo kind of player. And uh, it, it, it balanced out the midfield. And I thought that the, the, the formation suits them a little bit better in a sense. And the midfield was a bit more balanced because now they have, you have a bit of uh, aggression plus uh, that, that, that finesse from Tezuka as well. And up front, you have the pace and power of Zuzul and also the craftiness of uh, Vincent Vezekor. And you have Tajeli who can can deliver the ball from... And I think he delivered quite a few balls, but there wasn't anybody there to be to, to you know just put a finish, finishing touch in. And again, good to see Geylang finally win a game and good to, to see them uh, playing well as well. And for Tanjung Baga, I felt that, you know, maybe... They, 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 possibly it was the the weakest game or poorest game uh, in the league besides the LCS performance against LCS. Right, so uh, against I mean they playing against LCS coming in this coming week. They need to they have a lot of things to think about and you know a lot of things to to to, to work on to play against a team that at this point of time still a very very good team. Yeah. I think I like to make the point here that Gelang International, yes, we've been harsh on them, but when credit is deserved, we are out dishing credit, right? I mean, Kide just compared two Gelang players to Gattuso and Perlo, which, which, which speaks volumes of this performance that they've put in. And I think, yeah, fully deserved. If you you finally break an 11-match winless run with a good performance, trust me, if not for Zafan, they, Gelang should have scored more. Yeah. But Zafan just was inspired Today, I just want to ask you on Tanjung Paga. You did say it's one of the worst performances of the season. Dare I suggest complacency? I, I wouldn't think so. I think it's just a one-off thing. Uh, I mean, they knew what is uh, up for them. They win this game. I mean, they, if they have won that game, they would still be in a good position to go to their AFC spot, right? But and they know that Geylang is a beatable team for them. It's not. I mean, Geylang after ten matches not winning anything, for sure the, the Jaguars would have been thinking, oh, this is another game that you can win. Uh, it's not a, a high-flying flying Eagles, but you know, I don't think it's complacency. It's just, you know, because nobody really, really played well the other day. I, I don't see anybody like, you know, being the normal uh, Raihan was off. I felt that Raihan was off. Even Farid's, you know, making that mistake uh, to, to, to that led to the goal. So, uh, every single part of one of them, besides maybe uh, Zarfan, uh, wasn't their normal self at that day, at that point of time. So, I mean, I felt that it was just the whole team's day off. And uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to do better uh, against LCS and moving along towards the other games. Well, the good thing about football is you always have the next weekend to make things right, even though it might be slightly difficult because, like you said, the taking on the Lions City Sailors, but which we will touch on a little bit later. Before that, though, let's preview what's to come on Friday, if I'm not... No, no, sorry, Saturday, the 2nd of July, which is the first to come on Game Week 14, Balestia against Geelang International. Both sides looking to build on their winning momentum. That's taking on at Tuapayo Stadium, kickoff at 5.30pm. Now, this is a battle of two teams who basically snapped out of their horrible winless runs the last time out. Both have made defensive reinforcements over the transfer window with the arrival of Tajeli and Madhu, respectively. So, Kideri, let me come to you first. Who will build on their winning momentum here? It's difficult to say. I think both 
uh, if you look at the run of games that they have had, ten uh, games is a when you are when you just snap out of a ten game winless streak or eleven game winless streak, it, it gets you higher in confidence. But at the same time, you're also wary of what might happen as well. You know, it's not if you win two games after a winners run, then you will feel more confident. You will feel better about it. And you feel that the momentum is more on your side, but after just a win, and to call it a really convincing win, I wouldn't think so. But at the same time, they know that they need to convert their chances to to work on their finishing to be better in that sense. And if you look at Ballester, they only had like maybe five five losses before this, before the win against uh, against Young Lions, is it? Yeah, against Young Lions. So. Uh, this they both teams wants to play football. Both both teams have uh, a distinct style of play that they want to showcase. But then again, it's for me at this point of time. If you look at it, I both both coaches should just be thinking about winning first, and then not considering uh, before thinking about the football that you're gonna play because they are also gonna be playing at Topayo, the legendary Topayo Stadium, you know, where the field is absolutely first class. <laughs> so it's. It's a different ball game altogether over there, and the field is not going to help you play the, the football that you want to play. It's going to be a a, 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 a dog fight in that sense, you know. And if you look at how tactically they might be facing one another, I would think that uh, uh, Noali is going to stick to the same formation that works for them, and maybe Balasio is also going to be playing with three at the back as well. So I don't I don't know how I can't I can't really tell how is it going to go, but it's surely going to be interesting. Interesting in that sense where I don't think there's going to be beautiful football being played just because of Tokyo Stadium, and at the same time, uh, it's a matter of who makes the less mistakes that wins the game. Yeah, the less mistakes, especially those mistakes that happens in a very very risky areas, which both teams likes to play at. Oh, right in front of goal, they like to build up and all that stuff. Yeah. You're asking a very interesting question that who's going to make le- the least amount of mistakes on a day when both sides are known to make quite a lot of mistakes week in and week out. So, okay, there, I'm going to push you for a prediction for this one. I'm going to go for a Ballester win 2 0. 2 0, Rafshad, what about you? Wow, 2 0 Ballester. Hmm. I will go the other way. I think uh, Geelang International are going to. Uh, I think they've shown a different side to them and I think that's going to take them through against uh, Ballester. I do feel Ballester at home at Topayo, which is their home ground, might play to their advantage by just a sneaky gut feeling tells me Geelang International will have enough to build some momentum uh, and hopefully they'll be buoyed by uh, Kide's words going into this game because he's clearly <laughs> taken a lot of time to explain what Geelang got right. So I suspect Geelang will win this 2-1. I hope no Ali's listening. <laughs> uh, sorry, yeah. by the way, can we call this the Kide Kamis Dabik because he's he's played in uh, he's had a part to play in both those teams. And I'm commentating on that game also. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that will be very interesting. That'll be interesting. Okay, guys. Anyways, I will disagree with the both of you. So I give me a draw. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, that's the only thing left, right? Um. I mean, Kide was saying how both teams on the day would just be thinking about winning and not conceding, which both sides are not used to to doing. And I just feel at the end of the day, I don't think too much 
who's going to separate them. I feel like, unfortunately, because you know how Gideon said, Topayo Stadium, one of the most, one of the best stadiums in world football. <laughs> and we're going to see some pretty good football on the day. I think it's just going to be a two-all draw. All right, let's move on to the next fixture, which is on Sunday, the 3rd of July, Tanjung Pagar United up against the Lion City Sailors, kickoff 5.30pm at the Jurong East Stadium. Now, we've spoken at length about the Sailors, so let's focus on Tanjung Pagar for this one. They, of course, felt 1-0 to Geelang International, but it could have been worse if not for some shoddy finishing, which Roshan, I think, brought up a little bit earlier, and some great saves by Zafan. Uh, before we go into the match itself, I do want to ask Kider, with Izwan's lack of game time at the Sailors, is Zarfa now the obvious number two for Singapore behind Hassan Sani? Uh, with on current form, yes. On current form, yes. But in terms of experience, I think Zaiful and Shazwan is still ahead of him. But then again, I, you have to put some faith with Zarfan, I think. I mean, for, for me personally, he has he has made the highest amount num- uh, highest number of saves in the league which is i think is a really really huge amount and uh, he has been a very good signing since tanupaga got him last year and he exudes that confidence for the the, the players in front of him and at the same time he needs now the assurance no, i wouldn't say assurance the the confidence the backing of uh, somebody in the national team to just, you know, gamble on him, just put him on the bench more than Zaiful and, and Chazon. Because if you look at how Zaiful has been and Chazon has been this season, they haven't been really fantastic. They have games where they made clear-cut mistakes and Chazon hasn't been... Of course, he, he's not that protected with backline, inexperienced backline. But then again, individually also, I, I feel that he have had better seasons than, than this season itself. Uh... I would think. I mean, personally, I I I hope that he's been he will be given an uh, an opportunity to be the second choice uh, uh, behind Hassan. I mean, Hassan is the undisputed number one at this point of time, but I think the number two is still up for grabs. And at this point of time, uh, Zarfan deserves the 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 second choice spot purely on form, purely on his uh, confidence level at this point of time as well. Russian, do you agree with Hidere? Yeah, 100%. I think Kide touched on all the right notes, right? He talked about the competition that stands in Zarfan's way. Uh, Zaiful Nizam hasn't covered himself in glory at Gilang International or uh, the opportunities handed during the SEA Games. I think Shazwan, again, suspect behind a very young defence. And Izwan, really, not a lot of game. And if Singapore, Nishigaya wants to look towards the future, then it's time we start giving people like Zarfan a chance. It's nice to see the likes of Raihan get into the team, the likes of Shah Shahiran getting into the team. But unfortunately, a goalkeeper, you only have one per starting eleven, right? So it's a very difficult spot to break. But if we want to build for the long term, then Zafan has to be the answer. Not just based on the last game, but this season as a whole. I think Kide again touched on it, the number of saves. So hopefully, he's rewarded and Nishigaya gives credit to Merit and he eventually is the heir to Hassan's throne. On the note of Zafan, we could potentially see him called upon for his heroics again this week on Sunday against the Lion City Sailors. Now, in round one, when they took on each other, which was really built as a clash of the contenders, but Sailors, some, not somehow, not unsurprisingly, smashed them 6-1 on the day. Are we expecting a closer contest this Sunday, Roshan? 
Oh, I hope so. I hope it is a much closer contest because I was really excited for that uh, first round clash between Lion City Sailors and Tanjung Paga considering Tanjung Paga's form back then. Uh, since then, they've managed to keep in contention, keep within touching distance, but obviously LCS are very different machine at the moment, right? They're scoring goals for fun, especially against lesser teams. So it's going to be a big, big ask for Lion City Sailors uh, to get anything out of the Lion City Sailors game. I hope for Tanjung Paga's sake, they show a better performance than Geelang. I don't think the score will be as big as 6-1. I'll be surprised if it's a smashing. But I do think that Lion City Sailors are going to have just a bit too much for Tanjung Paga. I suspect LCS to win this 3-1. Hey there, what about you? Wow, I think this is... Uh, I, I personally feel that if uh, tactically the technical team of Tanjung Paga gets it right, they might spring, spring a surprise. I really feel in that sense. But every one of the players, the 11 players playing on that day has to be an exact opposite of what they were against Kelang International. So they, I mean, besides Zarfan, Zarfan has to keep it that way. The rest of them has to be the exact opposite. They have to be 100% in every single thing. Tactically, if you look at it, if they are compact, they don't allow spaces, they don't allow gaps in between. And you invite Noor Adam, if he plays Noor Adam to get up, you invite Hafiz No to get up, and then you allow Uni Pedro and Hassan, uh, sorry, Haris at the back with maybe Shadan screening the front, they are going to be in a 3v2 situation all the time. And with Rio or Shoda and Chodai up front, if Shodai plays, they have the... The, the, the ability and the characteristics to punish them in, in a single situation, 1v1 situation. So, at any opportunity that they have with a 1v1 situation, a, a counter-attacking situation, and if they convert it, it's going to be a very, very interesting game. right? And the, if they score an early goal, it's going to be an interesting game. So, and at the same time, I, I think that with the the family spirit that they have, they're now gonna take the loss against Geylang quite personally, I think, and they are not gonna gonna uh, you know lie down and then let LCS trample all over them again. So they are, now they're gonna come together. Now they are gonna somehow work together to try to spring a surprise. And uh, now LCS has the ability to break down every, any team except for Albrecht, right? So. They, they have a ability to do that. I mean, you can see Maxim and Diego's combination. Absolute madness. The, la the last game that they played. And they have the ability uh, on, to, to, to call on players from the bench to change games as well. So, they, they now need to uh, manage the attack and, and the defense part, especially with Tanjo Baga's transition. If they do that really well, they are going to be... To be uh, Camping in Tanjung Pagas half most of the time, and if they do that, right, somehow Tanjung Pagas resilience will be will be torn apart right, if they keep doing it. Right? So again, it's the balance between the attack and the defense. I, I feel for this game, if somehow Tanjung Pagas gets an opportunity from their transitions and then converts, then it's a totally different game really at, this, at that point of time. And so it's going to be for me. I feel that, wow, it, I I love I would love. For 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 the the league itself, for the for the neutrals, I would love Tajubaga to to spring a surprise, maybe a one one nil win, you know that goal from transition. Uh, but then again, I also know that 
LCS is just too strong at this point of time, right? Uh, but then again, I'm just going to go and gamble on a one new win for Tanjung Pagar. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That, okay. I, I have to agree with Hideo on the point that I think as a neutral, you do want to see Tanjung Pagar take this one and basically keep the title race wide open at this point of time, right? But I think just to take to the point where like, I think with the thing with LCS and having a coach like Kim Duhun, he's not going to, he's going to make sure that the defeat to Alborex is not going to happen again. I'm not sure the next time they play Alborex, how that one is going to turn out. But these little slips and them dropping points will definitely prove to be vital, especially when you have a team like Alborex incredibly hot on their tails, right? And trying to make things right for last season. So I know mentally, I feel like the Sailors are quite strong and they're not going to take this one lightly at all. Um, and with Tanjung Paga, they also definitely want to make things right from the last time out. I don't see another trashing for the Jaguars, but at the same time, I definitely don't see them taking any points of the Sailors here. So, I actually wanted to say 3-1, but I'm not going to take 3-1, so I'll take 2-1, okay? I'll take 2-1, 2-1 to LCS on the day. Yep. I feel I feel like what could play in Tanjung Paga's hands, if anything, is the fact that LCS played midweek. But then again, I say that, but LCS have such a strong squad, so they can just shuffle their pack and probably look for something. But hey, if you're a neutral, if you support Nigata, you will be hoping for your Jurongi neighbours to do you a solid, right? So hopefully, Tanyo Paga can spring a surprise and that would be great for the league. Shall we move on to the next game, Farah? Yes, we shall. Speaking of Alborex, the Monday night clash, 7.45pm kickoff at the Jurongi Stadium between Alborex and Tampanis Rovers. Now, Raushan, I'll come to you first. Do you think the Stacks will be ready for this one, having been away for the AFC Cup? I I hope they will be because they haven't had much uh, happiness uh, in the AFC Cup. Two losses from two. I think there were expectations of Tampanese because they obviously realised the AFC Champions League is not their level for the structure of the club that they are. And the AFC Cup perhaps seemed like a good hunting ground for the Stacks, but unfortunately it hasn't proved that way. Two losses from two and I think the performances haven't been filled anyone with confidence at least. So at least they can come back to familiar territory in the SPL. They have done well, but this is a big, big task against Albrex Nigata. And considering they just played on Thursday night, to play on Monday so quickly, you throw in travels day, travel days and training ahead of that game, I think it's going to be tough for Albrex uh, for them to turn things around so quickly to face Albrex. I do suspect companies are going to struggle slightly against the Albrex team who have made me eat humble pie. Honestly, in recent weeks, they've been... They've been clicking to gear. I think they've been showing what they got. And I really think Tampanese will have to do it all to get anything against Albrex. I don't think Tampanese are going to do that. I do think Albrex will comfortably win this one 3-0. 3-0. Okay. Hide, what about you? Because, I mean, when Albrex took on the Sailors, they basically closed the gap to just three points. I mean, it's now back to six and they do have that game in hand. But can the White Swans keep the pressure on? Yeah, I think definitely. I think they are on a big high after the win against the, the defending champions. So, I mean, they have, uh, at this point of time, if you look at position by uh, two position, player to player, they are still better in that sense uh, with, against Tampanese. They have, they are, they are informed. And if you look at Tampanese's uh, preparation for this game at the back of two losses in the AFC, uh, they, I mean, I don't know the expectations of the Tampanese to 
and and now at this point of time after two losses how they're going to manage the defeats and how their morale is going to be at and everything like that but to play to come back to play against a Birex team who is high high uh, in, in confidence and high ability at this point of time is going to be a tough task like what uh, Raushan said it's uh, I mean tactically it's difficult to play against Albrex and uh, at this point of time Albrex knows what at stake they are going to try to you know close closing the gap with with LCS it, to me it's just too much for Tampines and I'm going to go for a 3 1 uh, win for Albrex so Rashan, you said three nil. Hideo says three one. Um, I mean, let's not just, let's not beat around the bush. Okay, I'm not gonna say that companies are gonna come spring a surprise because I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. Unfortunately, I think Albrex are way too strong. We touch on the momentum that they have and the high that they are on after beating the Sailors. So I don't think that's gonna go anywhere. The only thing I'm hoping for is obviously for companies to not do what they did last season after coming back from the Continental um, campaign and absolutely combust. I, I I don't, I hopefully feel like they, they will have learned their lesson from last season and not for it to not happen again this this time round. And I just feel, I think, was it you or Roshan or Kideris who said that it's just unfortunate that they're coming back and playing against a team like Albrecht. Uh, this one is definitely going to go their way. I feel it's it, yeah, they're gonna have to just take the L in this one and and look forward to the the upcoming one. So I'm gonna go with a two 0 win for Albrecht. So I'll be a little nice on them. So Rajan, take us to the next one. I, I like the fact that Farah's not copying any predictions for this one. Trying to stand on her <laughs> own feet. All the best, Farah. Uh, all right, let's go on. Go on. <laughs> let's move on to the final game of a weekend that spread over four days. Tuesday, fifth July. Kickoff is at seven forty-five p.m. at Jalan Besar Stadium. It's the Young Lions against Haugang United. Now, just a bit of team news. Andre Moritz obviously picked up what looked to be a very severe injury during the AFC match for Haugang. It's been clarified it's not as, as first suspected. He's going to be ruled out for up to six weeks. Uh, it was feared that it could be a season-ending injury, but thankfully for the Cheetahs, it's been confirmed by Andrew himself that his ligaments are still intact. But he has fractured bones in his knees, causing swelling and inflammation and is expected to be sidelined for about a month and a half. So, Kide, coming to you first, the good news is Andre Moritz will play at some point again this season. But how big a loss is he going to be for the Cheetahs? Uh, if you look at the, the AFC uh, games that he played, he, for a 30, what, 37, 38-year-old guy who is still going to be, who still played like two matches back-to-back, -back, uh, it speaks volume of his contributions to the team. Uh, he's very important because of his experience. He has the ability, technical ability to to produce, and you know the goal that he scored, the the the, the long shot, and there, there was a disallowed goal as well that he I think he volleyed right at the top corner, and those those are the things that he is able to produce. Right? So uh, losing him would be a big loss for for the cheetahs. Sorry, uh, yeah, for the, for for the cheetahs, but. It is. They still have players. I mean, I, I still believe that Haugang has the players to to compensate whatever that he has lost. Of course, not to his level, but they somehow can somehow work around whatever players that they have at this point of time. If you, again, if you look at the players that came out for their last game against uh, Vitel, it's still a very good team, right? They left Emirica out as well they still have Shafigani and Zul is still on still on the bench. So they, again they they have players and and 
now after I, I can't remember when they had back-to-back wins in the in the SPL this season. I I don't think they had one. Right? But now they after coming from a okay, of course they they lost the last game against a good team, but from the young elephants team and uh, young playing against young elephants and the previous game they, they managed to to garner two wins on the trot and that would do get them good not i think they 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 need they are a team who is in need of uh confidence boosters or confidence boosters most of the time it's not about the ability it's now about them believing that they still have that ability right and those two wins would definitely help them to to uh, gain that amount of confidence that they need and playing against young lions who at this point of time is in a very difficult situation uh, where it's not going to be easy for, for young lions as well. So I would expect Haugang to take this game and win it. I don't think it's going to be as convincing as their abilities can, can produce, but it's something that they need at this point of time in the league to just you know get the three points and then you know, climb up a little bit, or try to climb up the, the table to be closer to to the teams that is uh, at the higher the higher part of the table. And uh, for young lions itself, I don't know what can change. <laughs> it's, it's a difficult, going to be a difficult uh, game for for young lions. Young lions. Uh, I mean, let's hope that it's not for me. Let's hope it's not going to be another LCS kind of scoreline, but. Uh, a more respectable one. Uh, I would still think that Haugang is still too much for, for Young Lions and I would go for a, a 2-1 victory for, for Haugang. Okay, so anyways, I, I want to put my number in first. <laughs> maybe maybe this time I copy your prediction. Go on. <laughs> but anyways, I, just, I do want to say, I think we always speak about how momentum is a huge thing and I think for, for a team like Haugang, which we've given so much crap for every time they put out questionable performance week after week, for them to come away with that two wins on the continental stage is going to be very big for them. People can argue that those two wins were easy, that they were supposed to win those two games. You could People could argue that, but they still came away with those two wins. I mean, how many times this season have we said that Haugang should come away with that win in the league and they never really showed up? So those two wins are going to be very big for them coming back into the SPL. And good for them. Unlike for um, our friends, Tampanis, who are playing Alvarex, they are playing Young Lions, which hopefully this time would be a pretty... Which, which would be a game that they should be looking forward to, that they would have enough confidence, would think that they have enough confidence to come away with all three points here. I definitely think they would be a little bit too strong for the Young Lions on the day. And they will come away with that win. I will go with a 3-1 win for the Cheetahs. Roshan, what about you? All right. Yeah, I think both of you covered it already. I don't have much to add. It is confirmed that they have not won back-to-back games across the SPL season. And they did that in the FC Cup. And I think, to your point, confidence is a big thing. So hopefully they pick up three important points against Young Lions. I do suspect they will concede though, because I don't think defending is their strongest uh, part of their game at the moment. I predict this one to be a goal fest. 4-2 4-2 for, for Haugang. Uh, moving on to our final segment, which is Captain's Pick. Uh, let's not discuss what happened last week because I think all of us bombed. Uh, let's have Kide pick the player that he thinks will be the star man across the four games this upcoming weekend. 
highest scoring game uh, against Tampines. Uh, my score was 3 nil. So, and the men hot, hot, you know, hot form at this point of time. I haven't used him yet. So, <laughs> Kodai Tanaka. I was going to go for Kodai. <laughs> I should have just gone for Kodai. Why can't you go for Kodai? Oh, can I? Yeah, you can. But no, I'm boring. I, I like to oh, compete okay, against bro. today. I don't okay, like bro. to copy people's homework. That's your thing. You go first. <laughs> Okay, anyways, um, I'm not touching on the game at all. Guys, actually, no, I have a really, I have a very interesting point. Okay? I feel like at this point in time, we've picked like so many players, especially for me and you, Raushan. Why can we not change the rules? Uh? Like, can we just change the rules to like, we can repick the same players after every round? Oh, no wonder you're a Liverpool fan. You want to change the rules so you can win. Okay, okay. No, no, that's not how we work here. Sorry. My pick this week. Just because Jürgen gets away with it doesn't mean you will get away with it. All right, all right. This is an SPL podcast here. <laughs> Anyways, uh, my pick for this week, I was going to go with Maxime, uh, but I've decided to go for Song just for the fact that he's actually scored in three of the last four games. So why not Song? Yep, that's my pick, Roshan. Okay, uh, my pick for this week, I'm going to... I wanted Tanaka. Honestly, I wanted Tanaka. I was thinking about it all throughout the previews. But it's okay, Kide. You take Tanaka. I'm going to... Uh, take your prediction about Tanjong Paga this week a bit seriously and I'm going to put my money on Rio Nishiguchi. I just feel on the counter, there might be something. I do suspect Tanjong Paga are still going to lose that game, but maybe there's a goal fest and he scores a couple for Tanjong Paga. We shall see. Rio Nishiguchi, go do your thing. I refuse to believe that you have not picked Rio, but I'll believe you in this one. Unless you can prove it. <laughs> my homework starts now. <laughs> go back. All right, Kide. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the podcast. You've done well. We might get you on again for the <laughs> upcoming episodes. It's been excellent getting you on and having your insight on all things SPL. We've enjoyed it. Farah, thank you so much for your company. Listeners, we hope you've enjoyed the episode. Do subscribe and share the episode to your friends and fans of The Lovely Game. We'll see you on the next one.